it's important just to point your compass towards joy. And play like you, be like you, and don't overthink it. By the way, two and four will always be right here. We've got mm-hmm. you. But if you want to go just blaze some chops, go ahead. Just get back to that snare on two and four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, dude, check this out. Okay. Have you ever gone to iTunes and clicked on reviews for our podcast? I, ha- I haven't. You know what? I'm scared because I feel like it's the... Um, is it good or bad? Okay, well, I just went for the first time ever. And the reason why I think it's funny is because I'm always like on the podcast, you know, uh, if you can't be a Patreon, no big deal. If you could just head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write a review. But I've never been there. I've oh, no. never been there ever. First of all, we have 203 reviews and ratings. That's cool. Wow. That's um, that good. It's a little low on the percentages compared to the listenership, but whatever, I'll take it. It's <laughs> it's still more than I thought. I thought it'd be like six. Um, so our most recent one was on July 8th, as far as an actual review. So there's ratings and reviews, but an Got actual you. review was July 8th. Uh, it's a five star. Do you want me to read it? I haven't read it yet. I just read that it's from Bald Tommy. Bald Tommy? Yep. That's, yeah, give it to me, Bald right. Tommy. Mike and Eddie have such great chemistry. This podcast is very informative and hilarious at the same time. Mike is very passionate about teaching drums and having Eddie on this show has opened my eyes to other drummers as well. Eddie brings realism and comedy. This podcast is what we need in our world. Positivity and hilarity. Keep up the great work, gents. There we go. That wasn't that bad. Bald Tommy. Come on, mate. I want to see Bald Tommy in the Patreon hang, mate. That's the next step for Bald Tommy. Absolutely. I want to turn that camera on and see him. Jeffrey Repo or Repo says, inspiring podcast. Just found this podcast recently and I've been listening to it constantly. Such an uplifting podcast as a drummer, covering great usable topics for those that are looking to grow musically on the drums. Love the honesty and transparency of both Mike and Eddie. This podcast embodies what the drumming community is all about. We are all in this together to help each other grow. Thank you both for doing this. Much love. That's really cool. I think we owe it to them. If they're going to write this stuff, we need to get yeah. our asses over there and read this stuff. Yeah, it's true. I know. Because it's not like going on YouTube or TikTok and reading comments. They're actually nice. They are <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to see if I can find a one star? <laughs> oh, don't. If someone's, if someone's written a one star, flipping out, that, that would tip me over the edge, that one. Mate, this is so funny. <laughs> Talking about comments, I had something written down on my phone. Okay. Um, so if I ever hear like a cool quote or something cool, I, I either screenshot it if it's like a video with subtitles yep. or I write it down on my phone. And it was from the High Performance Podcast, you know, the, the one I yep. sent you, which is an amazing podcast. If, if, you, if you haven't heard that, go check it out. Um, and he, and, and the, the guys were talking to a rapper called AJ Tracy, who's like a big grime artist here in the UK. And, and, okay. and they got into the subject of like criticism and, and social media and comments. And it, I loved it. I don't know. I've heard a similar thing before, but I don't know why I loved it so much. He basically stopped, stopped them in their tracks and just went, yeah, that, um, opinions are free. And just like abruptly wow. just said, opinions are free. And I was like, yeah, that, that, is, that is a good way of looking. And then he went on to talk about it in more detail. And then I just started thinking, could you imagine a social media where you had to pay to comment? Could you imagine oh. that? Like, how that was so interesting, wouldn't it? Because not even in a, a negative sense, where it's like you're stopping hate because you know right. of this reason or that reason, but like if people have to pay to write something good, it would just be it's so interesting to me that like the wow. idea that if you were like, oh, I love that video, you know what? I'm going to spend fifty p or fifty cents, to, and I'm going to tell that person. It's going to mean so much more, isn't it? But it just got yeah. me thinking, man. It's like yeah, people just throw it out there without thinking about it because there's no real consequence or. It doesn't cost them anything, you know? I got to say, man, I think that would be a really cool way for artists to make revenue is the only way, like donating to the artist is the only way that allows you to then comment on the post. But yeah. you know that all 50p goes to the artist. Yeah. That'd be really cool. And and maybe in this social media platform that you and I are creating, maybe the more money you pay, the more characters you get. So you can get all the way up to like 500 characters of text for $10, but all that money goes to the artist. Boom. Yeah. It's people interesting, are, man. People are making it, a living. It, 
I love that podcast. But yeah, it got me thinking about just like, you know, comments or whatever. But they're nice comments. So thank you for writing a review. They are very nice comments. And actually, I scrolled down as far as I could and I couldn't find a one star. Um, they're all five stars. So um, I don't yeah, know who yeah. threw us off. We have a, a total 4.9 out of five rating. Someone threw us off. Someone threw us under the bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but uh, it's pretty cool. It's it. Your guys' support means the world to us, uh, and we do not take it for granted at all. I have a question for you, dear sir. Okay, go on. I hear that you're a drummer. I am a drummer, and you and I rarely talk about drums. <laughs> what are you currently working on? I am. I'm still working on the independence thing. You are. With my left foot. Yeah, still working on that. Um, doing something that you showed on a Patreon lesson. So one and a two and a three and a four with my right hand. And then okay. doubles. One and a... Uh, one, one e and a... Two and Yeah, one E, two E, three E, four E, one E and... D, D, and. Oh, you're the doing double. the grid. Doing the grid, yeah, yeah doing the doubles, yep. which is really cool. Love that. And then also, I'm, um, I'm just really pushing myself creatively at the minute, man. Uh, hanging out of Eric nice. Moore in Korea, it was a bit of an eye-opener. It was like, okay, yeah, that combination you're playing and, and it doesn't look like that combination you've described to me is something I've been playing my entire life. But you just push the boundaries of like movements and yeah. and combinations. And that's something I'm trying to do at the minute. Like I just want to, even singles and and doing triplets, one and a two and a three and a four, or whatever it may be. Like I'm trying to move it around the kit in ways I haven't before. And yeah. it's cool, man. I've played groove and played for the music my whole entire life. And at the minute, I'm trying to sit down at the kit and just just be as creative as possible and, and play Street Fighter, mate. I see those gospel chops, those those feels as like playing Street Fighter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like a just combination. The combinations. Here, combination there. And I'm trying to do something similar, man. And, and it's really interesting. It's really interesting what you can do when you just try to be as creative as possible and not not think about you know, grooving and all the important things, really. It's just, it's fun. It's really fun. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about I mean, you? You know, um, well, right now I'm working on, so I'm, I'm getting ready to film this kind of advanced independence course where it's more about challenging your body, but still making it somewhat musical. And when I say musical, I don't mean that it applies to music. I mean that it's not just math. Like, I think any educator has enough knowledge to create a math exercise, like do flamadiddles with your hands, which are groupings of four while your feet is playing this pattern of five. Yeah. So it's like, we can do that and that is hard and that does build independence. I'm not against that stuff at all, especially if you know you're just doing it to break down your body's weak links of being able to do this stuff. But I also want there to be something where like, but at the end, does it sound good? Because if it doesn't, I don't really understand the point. Like. Mm -hmm. I want it to sound good too. So I'm working, uh, I was doing this little thing on the pad, watching TV, not thinking about teaching at all. And it was like this Latin bell pattern, but it just was starting over in a weird place. But I wasn't trying to be in odd time or anything like that. I was literally just kind of like the way a songwriter would write. I was just writing drum parts. And uh, it was like this ding, do ding, ding, da do ding, da ding, ding, da do ding, do ding, ding, da do ding, da ding, ding, da do ding, da ding, ding, da ding, da ding, ding, And it had this vibe to it. And then all of a sudden, I realized that my body was shucking and jiving every once in a while. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm in four. Um, <laughs> and so I started counting it and I was like, what the hell is this? One and two and three and four and five and one and two and three and four and five and. I was like, oh, okay. So it's in five. It's in five. Depending on how you feel that, mm -hmm. it could be five, eight or five, 16. But I'm feeling that in five, eight. So then I got to the studio and I loved the sound of it. So I got to the studio and I threw like a samba underneath it. Which lands on the and. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, okay, this is cool. It takes basically a bar of five, four, which is two bars of five, eight to cycle through. And then I extended the kick pattern to a bio, which is doom, cha doom, cha doom, cha doom, cha doom, cha doom, cha. And so basically, I'm trying to put that five eight pattern over this two four foot pattern, two four five eight common denominator ten four. So it's one bar of ten four. Super mm -hmm. musical. Use it in all the pop gigs. <laughs> <laughs> but I put it now. This is where the groove scribe comes in. Sometimes I can think of things that I can't play. 
mm-hmm. and I can't even hear if they're any good because I can't play them. So I can mm-hmm. put them in the Groove Scribe, or you could do this with any drum machine if you know how to use a drum machine. But I'm I'm able to put it in, and I did. And when I pressed the space bar, I was like, "Yep, that is what I'm working on for the next couple of weeks. I'm going to build a whole course out of those types of things." That like, it's weird. It's almost like Latin fusion in a way, like. You hear this bell pattern going ding, 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 and you immediately your ear goes, "It's a loop." I get it. There's something happening there, but then underneath that is this and you feel that at the same time. So it's a really weird feeling. It takes four cycles of the bell pattern to come back to the one of the foot pattern. So it's not insanely long, but it's just a weird thing of like, you don't know what's going on, but you recognize enough of it to feel like, okay, I think whoever's playing this knows what they're doing, but I'm not going to clap. I'm not going to be the idiot that claps on the wrong (laughs) note. I'm just going (laughs) to swirl in a circle. I'm not committing to any of this stuff. But that's got to be the best feeling as an educator to one, create something new, but then two, to create something that you've made yourself. You must have been like, I was pretty stoked. I'm not gonna lie, I yes, was. I like, was literally just course, thinking, like, haven't stolen it from anyone. I've seen nothing on the internet that comes close to this. This is not in a book. This isn't. I didn't learn this from anything. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was stoked. Um, I was stoked until I pressed the space bar, and I was like, <laughs> I can't even hear where the one is. Like, I wrote it, and I don't. But I really, when I stepped back from it and stopped analyzing it, I was like, man, this has a vibe. I'm really excited mm. about. It. So. Working on that right now. And then just um, trying to think what else. Um, Just flow in general. Like Mm -hmm. creating that sense of flow. I feel like I've gotten a physical sense of flow now where I can sit down on the drum set and just solo, just improvise. and And I will not physically get tripped up. But now I want the sound to be even more flowy and less pulse driven. Um, a little less one driven, just have mm-hmm. that sense of like just water running down a hill where it's like it, it's unimpeded, it just flows and yeah. not think about things like time signatures, just more think about like what is fun for the audience to listen to. You know, if I'm blazing chops, I want to be, I don't know if you ever feel like this, but I think we all find our sweet spot when there's like a fifth limb and that fifth limb is actually us leaving our body and looking down on our mm-hmm. four limbs that are playing and we produce the moment. Yeah. And we, definitely. you know what I mean? We say like, okay, dude, you're way too loud. Let's bring it down or whatever. I want to recognize, okay, it's gotten pretty chop heavy. Let's give them something to hang on to and get some repetition in there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's create a new melody or we've stayed on this thing long enough. We've exhausted its possibilities. Let's move on. Um, and so that's a tough thing because sometimes you know that, but you're in a thing and you're like, I'm, we're here. I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you there, man. Mate, another thing that I'm sort of working on at the minute is just being a little bit more efficient with filming. I, I said this on a voice note mm. the other day. Like yeah. when it comes to lessons, for sure, like I need to get more efficient. I, I will come in <laughs> and watch an entire lesson that I've shot and recorded and see like a hair out of place and go, I could do that again. I could do yep. that. Yeah, Let's move that, those I files could, to the recycle bin. Or like I could, the next day of coming back, I thought of a new way of describing something. That's the worst. Because then yep. it's, an, it's an amazing thing. So you want to do that. But then the next day you'll do the same thing. So you need to, you need to put it to bed at some point. Um, but also when it comes to just like social media in general, man, like I want to, I did it the other day. I pressed record on this track and it genuinely was just improv. And I just uploaded it. And it's it's rare that I do that. And I want to get to the point where I do that with YouTube as well. I was on um, Eloy Casagrande. Is that how yeah. you say his name? Yep. I was on Eloy his Casagrande. YouTube the other day. And it's just a ton of videos with him with the EAD. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck. Just playing. I, I want to, why can't I just come in here, press record on the camera. I've got a, a good enough mix and just upload it. But, um, you know. I can tell you why. Or at least I think I know why. Why? I think it's because you have a very different trajectory for your career than Eloy does. And you have a different vision for your career than what Eloy does. Eloy is actually accomplishing exactly what he wants. He wants other musicians to watch him play drums. That is it. He's not got a website to sell. He's not teaching you anything. He doesn't care about... I've done clinic tours with him. He doesn't... I mean, he'll happily do them, but that is not... He wants to be on tour. 
So he is going to show the world I can play drums to anything. Oh, I broke my leg. Doesn't even slow me down. I'll just do it left footed. Mental. And it's just incredible. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that what's tough is if you think about doing that and you go in there to do that, you start thinking about too many other markets like, ah, would people sign up for me because of this? Would mm-hmm. people want me to do a clinic because of this? And so I think it's actually the marketing that's slowing you down from doing that. And I fully identify with that. Yeah, it's like some days you're like, oh, there was a there was a track I played to the other day, and I was like, it ties into this the subjects of this podcast. You know, I, I, I sat down and I I recorded like a good enough take to put on YouTube, and I was like, is it a drum cover though? I could, I could, yeah, it probably is. It's not really my thing, is it? I won't use it. It was just like you said, it was all these sort of, um, yeah, marketing things coming in and stopping and just brand things and just unnecessary mm-hmm. things. But um, I'm trying to get better with just being efficient, like just putting things up or being quicker and then just moving on. That's what I'm trying to get better at. Well, that does yeah. lead us into today's topic, which is the no excuses mindset. And, um, I think that we need to kind of define you're in a gray area. Like, are you making excuses for yourself or did I just make an excuse for you? Or mm-hmm. is that the reality of the situation? Um, you know, every time I have camp season, that's kind of an excuse. I have a, I usually have a week off in between every camp, but I somehow I'm like, Oh, it's camp season. So I, I, unfortunately I just can't do as many YouTube videos as, as I normally do why like during the week off are you that exhausted no it takes me like a day to recover day mm-hmm. to recover wake up so that's saturday sunday i watch the grand prix i snort six lines of matcha <laughs> let's go there's no excuses and i'm trying to be better at that and so you know the the drumstick thing that is kind of the beginning of of it coming to light and that's a scary thing saying no excuses when you say that to the world then trust me, they come back on you. You make the tiniest excuse about your hand speed. They're like, oh, I thought you were using the NE1s. I thought there was no excuses. And I'm like, okay, all right. Let's yeah, just here we go. slow down. Call in the commenter. Let's just yep. slow down a tiny bit. Colin, the guy. commenter, needs to pay for his comments. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Would really you comment does. that, Colin, if you had to pay five pounds for it? Exactly. No, and if, and if you did, I would donate your five pounds to charity just to be like, you know what, Colin just helped the world by dogging me out. So <laughs> the whole point of that stick and calling it that was like, okay, we worked really hard on the taper. Now, if that, so the taper is what allows the stick to rebound back towards you and it gives you more speed or less speed. So if, if the stick itself is too thick for you, too long for you, too short for you, that is on its own that we all have different hands. But if that stick grip-wise works for you, there's no excuses as far as hand speed. This is how fast you are. We have to get to a point where we just accept what it is. If I sat down with you and started doing six-stroke rolls and you blazed me, I don't get to go, well, I, I really don't work on that very often. I mean, I would, you would be like, dude, just shut up. Like, <laughs> You can't do this as fast as me. But guess what? You can if you practice. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, to me... I would just, if you and I sat down with six stroke rolls and we started going faster and faster and eventually you just surpassed me, which you would, I would think like, oh my God, that's exactly how fast my six stroke rolls would be if I put in the same amount of hours and dedication that he did. That's Mm -hmm. so cool. Everything Mm -hmm. is like, that's how good it could be. When I see Formula One races and then I go drive my my little biscuit, my little electric car, (laughs) I think I'd be driving just like Lewis Hamilton if I had six billion hours on the track right now i have zero yeah so i'm not wondering why i'm not i'm not doing that so do you think right now in your life you just turned 32 happy birthday by the way oh where is life gone baby i mean you know what just about in i did the thing that i hate on instagram i reposted people saying happy birthday to me because you know what you know what happened ian did one and it was a really funny video so i wanted to share it because it was like a funny moment yep and then someone else went to the effort of like posting a picture of, of years ago. And I, I felt bad. I was like, well, they've seen I've posted Ian's one. So I'm going to have to post this one. Yep. And now it's turned into a thing where it looks like I'm reminding people to tell me happy birthday. Right. When I don't want to be that good. Do you know what I mean? 
It was 100%. one of those ones. I was like, all you're trying Damn. to do is let those people know, like, I acknowledge you and I appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. And then Rona went, why didn't you upload mine of the birthday oh. cake? And I was like, here we go. Okay. So I've got to upload <laughs> another one. Do you know what I mean? I'm not fishing for anything here, people. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I've just gone yeah. down a rabbit hole and I can't get out. Even as your best friend, I'm happy to tell you that 32 is no big deal. It exactly. wasn't 30. It wasn't 40. It's 32. Exactly. It's exactly. like the most random number ever. <laughs> I'm not going to wish you a 32.3 happy birthday like in, in three months. So I know. Um, but happy birthday. Cheers, mate. But what I was going to say is at 32, do you think you make less excuses for yourself now than you did maybe in your touring days or as you were coming? Like, was there ever a time where you were an excuse person, especially in the band days, like, oh, we could be doing so much better if the man wasn't against us or if this was happening? Or have you always been head down, do the work, no excuses? I think when we started out in the band and just just from from my point of view anyway, it, we weren't really thinking about much. And sometimes I think that is like... A really, really important thing to do when it comes to being creative is, and it's also a very hard thing to do, is just to turn off your brain here and then. And when I look back at our touring days, it wasn't a case of like, oh, we have to practice. We have to get in the rehearsal room and play the songs again. It was like, we can't wait to meet up and just piss about and have a laugh with our mates and have a few drinks and eat some takeaway pizza on the rehearsal room floor. Like it was all just pure, pure joy. Um, and I think that's that's why I always try to sort of revert back to that thinking of like, I just I'm, I'm just doing what I enjoy. And the minute you don't enjoy it is the minute you will make excuses for yourself. And yeah. um, I don't know what it was like. It was probably the same for you when you first started out. Like you were just naive in a really beautiful way where it was like, definitely. Oh. I just Yeah, I'm, I think it wasn't until we were signed that the excuses started coming out. It's the record label's fault. It couldn't yeah. possibly be our lack of ability to write a hit. It's <laughs> got to be someone yeah. someone dropped the ball. Um and so it you know, it was that like even coming home from a tour, it would be an excuse of like, well, we're opening for, you know, Corn and Stained, but it's only because we're just waiting until the second single comes out and then we'll go headline. And it was always this, like, it's about to be better, but just, just let it be. And it's like, but it's not, you, you are exactly, you're the opening band. You know what? You should be stoked. All the other local bands in Sacramento are playing clubs. You're playing arenas opening for m- massive bands. And it's mm-hmm. like, maybe that is the peak for you. And for us, that truly was our peak, but I also now that I look back on it, I remember at the time I just felt like we are being done over so hard by the man, the industry, everybody. The fans don't even get how good we are. <laughs> and then it was like, no, they get exactly how good you are. Yeah. You are a solid six out of ten. <laughs> you are a killer opening band. And you will you will remind everybody why they came to see the headliner. And yeah. Now that I look back on it, it's like, yeah, that's exactly where we were. We we showed some promise. We were part of something that was about to happen, but we weren't the thing that did happen. Mm-hmm. Right after us, same town, same bros, Papa Roach blows up. I mean, literally within months of us kind of starting to realize this isn't going to happen for us. Then Last Resort hits the radio and we're like, dude, that's like our opening band brothers in SAC, you know? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Trapped comes out, Chevelle comes out. and and we weren't as good as them. That's the truth. It wasn't even just like we missed the boat. But at the time, I didn't think that. I didn't feel that. I made excuses. I was like, someone's doing us wrong. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I think that that was a big thing that helped me to get over some things. Then the other thing is, you know, when I think about excuses that we make for gear or like I'd be faster if I'd be able to do this, if I think just what you and I grew up through one I had luckily I had school music programs that were not well funded so I grew up on really bad equipment so when I see somebody with like a new PDP I'm like that's so much better than what I grew up playing Mm -hmm. and I'd have my gear every day then I'd go to school and play a completely different kit that was set up by the first chair drummer that played right before me and you know we'd be switching out songs like all right Bobby's gonna play take the A train and then you're going to play Cherokee. Well, the 
the band director is not going to wait for me to swap the kit around and adjust <laughs> yeah. the rack toms. You just sit mm-hmm. down and play. Yeah. So that definitely prepared me to be like, dude, you know how to play drums. Yeah, maybe the the toms aren't at the exact angle you want, but you'll be fine. So starting to eliminate those excuses. And I think that when I think about what it takes to have the no excuses mindset, I think the there's one word. It's experience. The more experiences you have, especially bad experiences, the fewer excuses you make in the future. Mate, 100%, man. It all comes down to experience. And, and, And just putting one foot in front of the other. Do you know what I mean? It's like... You never know until you just try it. I remember like announcing the membership for the first time that I had. I hadn't, I, I hadn't even downloaded Premiere <laughs> yet. I didn't even know how to edit a video, mate. And I announced, I, I, I announced the launch date of a video-based membership. And so uh, two weeks before the, the site was going to go live, I was like, you know, I could make an excuse here and delay the launch and, right. you know, I don't know, pay someone to do it. Yeah. Um, or or whatever. And I just thought, let's just let's just give it a go. And it all comes down to experience, man. Experience is what will get you out of making excuses in the future. And it's just a matter, and especially being a musician, man, like it's all about just doing as much as you can do. I mean, like, like you said, yeah. mate, when you were first starting out in in the school, like you would play on someone else's drum kit, and that would make you realize, actually, I can play drums. Actually, it's not about I don't need this new symbol. I don't need this new snare. I don't need a right. new drum kit. And it was the same for me, mate. But when I was playing in um, LTA, when we first started out, I had terrible equipment. I was always playing on someone else's drums. So when it came to a show and someone was better than me or like put on a better show than me, it was because they had put more time in and they had more experience because we were using the same drum kit. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it all comes down to experience, mate. And you only get better at things the more you do them. Um, I, and going back to Eric Moore, Korea, you know, watching him do what he did and the the style of drumming that he does, watching that in front of all those people is uh, what was, it just left me thinking, it left me feeling inspired, but also made me just think, you know, there's no excuse for me not there's to. There's no excuse. There's that's no it. excuse for me to not be up there. Like that's, I remember Gerald saying, actually, I said at one point, I, just, I was being a typical Englishman. I went, fuck, you know, that's mental. And then Gerald went, that's 33 years of playing or whatever it is, you know, like he just, wow. that's, that's 35 years in that. And yeah. I was like, yeah, like, it's, it's so, so true. And there was me feeling really uncomfortable up there, like not flowing all the things that I'd normally play, but weren't coming out. But I just, I couldn't make an excuse because, you know, I, Eric has more of those things under his belt than me. He's practiced those drum clinic masterclass things more than me. So it was a matter of coming back and doing what I'm doing now. Like I said at the beginning, just yeah. practicing those things that I want to, I want to flow within. So well, yeah, man, think about, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. I always do. So think about, <laughs> think about the amount of clinics and drum festivals he has under his belt. Think about the amount of times maybe he actually has, literally been like oh this riser i've been on a 50 foot riser this is a joke yeah well the 50 foot riser is why he has no excuses about the 20 foot riser he's like dude this is nothing compared to what i've done in my past so those experiences that's why it's so important for especially for you listeners out there to know when somebody says especially if you're not you know a professional drummer but somebody says hey we've got uh our our drummer at church can't do the gig can you do it and you've always been like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it until the moment comes. And you're like, oh, well, you know, the wife's out of town. I got to babysit the kids. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, no. Do whatever it takes to make it happen, no matter how nervous you are. Because even if it's horrible, it makes the next thing so much easier. You know, you mm-hmm. think about going to a church service right now. And I'm not a church drummer at all, but I, I stay up in that world like you go there and basically you're on a pro gig. They've got an Avion setup. They've got an MD talking in your ear. Yeah. You might be required to run some tracks. So it, how could you not grow from that? Or let's just completely switch it on its head. What if somebody said, can you come down to the pub tonight and sit in for this blues jam? And you're a metal drummer. It's like, yeah, do it. I mean, there's, I don't know, many <laughs> things that would make you and I more scared if when you're here at camp, they said, oh, at the Folsom Hotel, we're having a blues jam. You and Eddie want to sit in? And both you and I in front of the campers would be like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone looks at me and you. Well, they're the pros, mate. And I'll be like, yep. yeah, I could do it. I could do it. And then Ooh. you know what would happen? Eight campers would go, no excuses, boys. We'd be like, yeah, exactly. no, of course. Let's do it. <laughs> and the thing is, in reality, okay, no excuses. I can get us through this. You know, it's like... I'm, we'll get through the night. It mm-hmm. won't be something that I'm trying to post myself on social media, but we'll get through the night. But I will be so much better in the future because of this situation. You and I go down to the Folsom Hotel. It's a guy with a 1970s kick drum. He's got no rezo head. Instead of regular toms, he's just got a row of roto toms up top. Um, his hi-hats are 15 feet in the air. And it's like, sit down, play it as it lies. You know, mm-hmm. you don't get to just find your ball in the rough and then go move it to the fairway. Play it yeah. as it lies. Go for it. Let's make this thing happen. And the more that we can do that as drummers, musicians, human beings, that's where the no excuses mindset comes in. It's not like, oh, I've never done anything in my past, but no excuses. It's more like I've been embarrassed so many times. This will be fine. I, you know, I did a uh, drum festival with Russ Miller. Uh, it was called Drum Days in Columbus, Ohio. And Russ flew there from Australia. And if, if any of you don't know geography, Australia is like three states over from Ohio, um, plus 40,000 miles. So it's really far. Like you have to take six planes to get to the plane to get to the plane. Yep. So anyways, Russ was coming from there and he was, he was kind of, I wouldn't say limping, but he definitely, he was in a little bit of trouble after 24 hours of flying. He gets on stage. He performs like an absolute boss. I'm sure to him it wasn't his best. He thanks the crowd and he walks off. No mention of, hey guys, I came here straight from the airport. Mm-hmm. I've been on a flight from Australia. No excuses. You know, can you imagine him leaning down into his snare mic, his SM57, and going like, just so you guys know, I just did a 24-hour flight. So usually I'm super good and I'm like yeah. way better at home. <laughs> like you can't tell the crowd what's actually happening. They I don't know. care. We used right? to, um, so, we used to say it was just game have to face. Go. Game face, What's mate. That? Game face. That's what we used to say. Game face. Yeah, like, come on, boys, like, game face. Like, even if some, even if your guitar stops, game face. The crowd don't yeah. need to know, like, that your guitar isn't working. Like, they don't need to, they don't care. Like, they don't care. They only care when you ruin the, the atmosphere by making yes. it a big thing. Like, that's when people care and that's when people realize. Um, it's so funny, man. Like, when I was, you know, when we were voice noting back and forth before we started recording, I was like, why is it really cool? I know a lot of people make a lot of excuses for a lot of things outside of music, but I feel like it is, people do make a lot of excuses when it comes to like drums or whatever. And so do me and you and everyone. This isn't me saying me and Mike are perfect, but and I think it comes down to like the, the fear of failing for one, like you just said, like we've been, I've been so embarrassed so many times. <laughs> sure. And, but it all comes from a place where like, we love what we do so yeah. much. We're so emotional and passionate about it. And all we want is to others to feel the same and recognize like who we truly are on this instrument. And we want other people to enjoy it. And the, and the idea that someone may not enjoy it, even as much as you is enough to be like, okay, this this is I'm I'm good. I'd rather not do that. Actually, this isn't my right. thing or whatever. And it, it all I think a lot of my excuses when I was younger and even now it comes from that place of like ah I just love it so much that I don't, I, I want to keep this perfect you know yeah. thing going. I don't want the bubble to be popped at any point. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, and that bubble was popped for me in Korea when I was 20 foot up in the air playing like <laughs> shit. <laughs> But that's the thing, listeners, like we all go through it. And and at the end of the day, like I said, there was no excuses for me to play shit there or not enjoy it. So I came back right. and I'm practicing and practicing and practicing. So Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing that we can do as players. If if you're about to make an excuse, instead of making an excuse, go practice. That's mm-hmm. it. Like if I w- wanted to have six stroke rolls down as good as you, I'm allowed to. We can stop this podcast now, just cut it short at 30, 34 <laughs> minutes, and I can go play six-stroke roles. I'm allowed to do that. So that's the tough spot. And I've definitely, I think, if I can think of like one excuse that I, while I go on this tangent, why don't you think of one excuse you okay. currently make? Okay. So one excuse that I make right now, and I, I'm going to stop it 
I'm never going to do it again. But a lot of times people say like, oh, you should play this Genesis song or you should play. You love Dave Weckl so much. You should play this Dave Weckl song at the shed tonight. And I always say, oh, I don't know any of those songs. I don't know any of the drum parts because I don't want to spoil the magic. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. It is a lot of work <laughs> to transcribe a Dave Weckl tune. I and I don't want to do it. <laughs> I do not blame you at all. Fuck it's that. a lot of work but it's like i don't think transcribing it would spoil the magic he'd still be my favorite drummer yeah but it's like uh, you know when i learned nothing else matters by metallica it was kind of right there for me it was pretty easy <laughs> note for note i could hear all the drums i'm sorry with weckle it's like what? i don't even know what's percussion what's drumming i don't know what's happening yeah. is that a loop he can't possibly be doing all of that is he it's so true mate it's so true mate my one my biggest the one thing that i make excuses about all the time is youtube honestly mate i will be 55 years old (laughs) 70 years old going yeah next week oh it's coming yep she's coming i just ordered a new lens just got the lens it's great got my new vhs camera it's wicked Uh, i've got someone else to come down and do the setup Mix, oh. do me a new mix it's gonna be amazing i don't know why I, well i i do know why i make a lot of excuses for it but it's just youtube is the one thing that i'm just always making excuses for and about and it's you know that's the thing man like we all have we all make excuses for everything and that's that's one of mine mate i it's a constant devil and angel like come on man just yes. do it don't overthink it and then i'm overthinking it and then i'm loving it i do one video promise myself i'm going to do one the next week it doesn't happen then i'm back to square one it's yeah, it's um, but yeah, again, mate. Like I said, I think it comes from a place of I love making drum videos. I love playing the drums. I love teaching the drums and explaining them in my own little weird ways. And the thought of it not, and the thought of someone maybe not enjoying it as much, or not even watching it, or switching off, or yeah. hitting the thumbs down button back in the day because it's not there anymore. I don't think is it. No thumbs down button on YouTube. Well, That's, I think it's there for for YouTube's algorithm, but they don't show us the public got how you. many people have used it. I like it. I like that. That was a positive thing <clears throat> to happen to YouTube for sure. But yeah, I think that's enough to just put you to put you in the place of like, oh, well, I might do it. I might do it, but not actually. Our our passions are a big part of this. You know, I I just finished my teacher camp and um, everyone online that was seeing little bits of it. I mean. Bro, the things they had to go through. Mate, I know you told me one of them. It sounded intense. I came in in the morning one day, filled up a bunch of matcha tins with rice or actually with couscous. It was all sitting on their kits when they walked in. They walked in. There was, well, first of all, my bad. They all got stoked and thought I bought them cans of matcha. I was like, oh my God. Everyone was like, yo, thank you. I was like, oh, no, no, sorry. I drank it all. That's yeah. empty. It's got little couscous in it. Um, so that was my bad. Um, but I said, all right, you have 10 minutes to figure out a lesson, an original lesson based around the shaker. And then they had to get up on stage and teach the whole class a lesson based on the shaker. And it was, I mean, and credit to them. They crushed it. But you could just see their face like, I, I, don't, I don't play percussion. It's like, I don't care shake it, figure it out, do something. Um, (laughs) They did great. And then their final project was a 10 minute live streamed drum clinic on my kit on live streamed on mikeslessons.com. And they got to have my job. Amber went three, two, one, you're good. And from that moment on, they were on their own, just sitting on my kit with five cameras around them pedal, like the, the on and off mic pedal for my lav mic. Um, it was amazing. So, yeah. So anyways, what I was going to say is passion. Th- I don't, this isn't an excuse. There's a difference between an excuse and a justified reason. Passion is causing me to, we're not having a teacher camp next year. The reason why is it went so good this year. I don't think I can handle it not going well. Mm-hmm. When, when the drum camps aren't going well, which definitely happens, there's times where it's like, okay, morale is down. I can get us out of it and I can be like, come on guys, like, let's just, put our heads down game face let's go if people came here and they weren't passionate about teaching it would really destroy my soul and Mm -hmm. i couldn't get through the week i lucked out that these individuals were very into teaching but i can't always count on that so i told amber like i I just don't want to roll the dice next year you know so i think passion your passion for youtube 
because you actually use the platform so much, you love watching vlogs. You love watching everything on YouTube. I think it becomes very difficult to then make content that you feel or that we feel is worthy for this platform that we get so much from. We want to mm-hmm. add to the platform. We don't want to just be more noise. Um, yeah. So I think I'm going to move your excuses over to justifiable reason. <laughs> just it's, for that. Yeah, it's, it is true. It is true. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, but talking about like the camp and, and putting yourself mm. in the deep end, mate. I mean, I it, I honestly can't put into words how important that is. And I think it's so easy yes. for people not to do that in this, in being a drummer and especially in 2022, because a lot of it is from your own little practice room, a video, a social media post, you can go and go and go and go and go again. And so when it comes to a show, a clinic or teaching live on, you know, mikeslessons.com, that is chucking yourself in the deep end. And what I find really interesting about every profession that the people at the top who are doing this and are, and are doing it the best is because they've always put themselves in that situation. Like you only, that cliche of just, you know, you only learn when you fail. It's so, so true, man. Like I'm only like better than I used to be is because I just tried something and quickly realized I wasn't good at it. So then I needed to adapt and learn and grow from it and grow and grow and grow. The the first time I did a drum clinic, mate, oh my God, that was a (laughs) shambles. An absolute sham. I think I got off stage 20 minutes early. I think I just left. <laughs> Honestly, I think I just got off. I was like, well, I know it's, there's 20 minutes left, but I'm done. So I'm going to go. I don't um, really want to be here anymore. Yeah. And I just think like listeners, like, honestly, man, if, if there's anything that comes up and you're just, and it's, it's in your head when you go to bed and you're like, I know I should do it, but there's a million excuses or reasons why I'm trying to justify not doing it. Just do yeah. it, man. Just do it. I know, like uh, I said to you on this podcast, I don't want to be that guy that mentions the Youngblood gig over and over again because, you know, I don't want to be that guy. But that was the same thing. Like, as soon as I got the call from it, I actually couldn't do it because of Rona, Travis, my parents were away, blah, blah, blah. So I said to the to my mate Ben, I was like, I can't, man. Like, I can't do it. But like, give me five minutes. I'll see what I can do. I hung up the phone and my ego, not that I have one, but the the ego that I do have, the small one was like, well, they've asked you, mate, isn't it good that you can't do it though? So you don't have to have a right. heart attack for the next two yeah. days. And it you was just this prep like, like crazy. Exactly. You can sort of, yeah, massage your ego and go, yeah, cool. They did ask, but I don't actually have to sort of sit behind the kit, learn 12 songs and then play on a main stage on live on TV for an artist that's on the come up, you know, like, right. and then I just thought, I just, I just need to shut down any emotion, any doubt anything and i just need to do it because the pros always um outweigh the cons mate when you when you finish something like that like the first time you teach or the but mate the first camp we did together mate i walked away and got on the plane and i was like Fuck. right uh a few of those lessons didn't go to plan so i've i'm gonna have to learn adapt and come back and uh and how much better is this year's camp gonna be for you emotionally teaching wise everything because of last year's camp Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate, exactly, man. And I think a big part of the whole like no excuses mindset as well is actually asking for help. I don't think many people yeah. do that. Mate, you know what? I Another amazing thing that I screenshotted the other day was, so are you dyslexic? I don't. I am not. Okay, so I'm... I'm just an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I actually have no medical ex- explanation for how stupid I am. <laughs> <laughs> so I am. And um, I, so anyway... This guy was saying on this podcast, he was like, all the successful people I know, and not when it, not just about wealth and money, people who are amazing at a sport or, or an instrument or do what they love for a living, regardless of how much money they're making, successful people, most of them, most of them, well, a lot of them are dyslexic. And he said, it's interesting because from an early age when you're dyslexic, it's, it's, it's you are rewarded for asking questions it's you you are expected to ask a lot of questions and you're rewarded for when you say i don't know what's going on here can you help me here what's what's going on it's like you're praised for it and the more you ask the more the more you know and it's and it's really interesting because he said he said something like um so the later on in life you know the older you get you 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 keep that with you and as an adult, yeah. when you're wanting to learn a new instrument or start a business or figure out how to grow a business, 
you ask, you ask questions and you're, you're not afraid because that's what you've been taught your whole life is to put your hand up and ask for help. And I, I thought that I found that so, so interesting, man, because that's how me and you started talking. I literally DM'd you saying, you have no idea who I am, mate, but I'm struggling. This is way <laughs> harder than I thought. And look where, look at this podcast and look what's, look what's happened. And I think yeah. that the no excuses mindset is, is, you know, to, a big part of that is asking for help and reaching out to people, man. And just, I completely you know, agree. And yeah. I, and the thing is like, no one's ever going to shame you for asking out. They may not help, but at no point would I like take a screenshot of your DM and be like, look who asked me for help. Oh my God. <laughs> What's he doing over there? Like yeah. I could have, I had two options, either help, which like you said, turned into all of this or be, just be kind to be like, to be totally honest, man, I'm just slammed right now. But that's an excuse. It's like, no, I do have the time. I can help. Why wouldn't I? Um, and it turned into to what it is. So I think yeah. that we all have to be willing to ask, like you said, ask for help. Figure out the difference between, obviously, there's going to be some justifiable reasons why things are the way they are. I understand that. But you have to start separating the piles and say, okay, justifiable reasons. And then I'm just making excuses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say when campers get here, I'll, when you, you don't have to tell me why you hit the rims of my toms. I'm, I've taught 114 drum camps. I've taught, a, I've taught thousands of private lessons. I know that my drum set is not your drum set. I know that we're not the same height. You didn't adjust the throne. It's like, you don't have to make excuses. I, I know all of this. You don't have to apologize to me when you mess up. I know you're learning this. I, I'm in this with you. It's fine. You know, so I would rather have somebody just sit in front of me, hit rims, drop sticks, fail, and not say anything about it other than get off the kit and go like, man, I can't wait to go home and practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. What, um- Solid attitude. Was that what was the one thing or a couple of things that you did in life that made you realize you've got to go home and get better at? Oh God, man! <laughs> I mean, like I said, the one, the, the the one recent, the two recent things for me were the career and clinic because I wanted to just be a little bit more drum clinicy, and then the yeah. drum camp with you. I just I needed to sort of finesse what I was doing. Man, that's such a good question. I th- I think probably just the difference between comfort in clinics between being at the front of the stage and being on the kit. If I had a microphone in my hand and I was at the front of the stage, I felt like I'm meant to do this with my life. And then as soon as I had to get back on that drum set, I was so used to only being on the drum set with my band, with my safety net, with my songs. I know my songs, but then it's like, I'm playing this random ass clinic track that I got with like string sections in it. Cause I was like, I don't know. It said over at clinictracks.com. <laughs> this was a good one. It said this was the shedder. Um, um, so it was either that or a drum solo. And it was just like, man, I, I just wish that I felt comfortable in both places. And in all honesty, the UK drum show was the first time that the kit felt as comfortable as the front of the stage. And I amazing. was like, okay, we finally put this thing together. So that's been like, you know, I'm when I think back to my first major, major thing, which was PASIC 2013, it's been a decade of chipping away at this, you know, maybe 15 clinics, 15 to 20 clinics per year, three to four drum festivals per year, practicing in between each one of them. It's been a decade to get to the point that I felt as comfortable on the drum set as I do at the front of the stage. So, you know, but that's the big difference is. There's no excuse for this. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for this. The reason is I, I'm i just more natural at public speaking than I am at drumming. <laughs> so I need to put those hours in to get that drumming up to this. And the thing is, is like, but the reason also on the drumming side of things is m- most of my hours on this instrument were with other human beings. I don't have a lot of hours drum soloing. I don't have a lot of hours playing drums by myself in front of people. Yeah. So it's like, well, no excuses. Get the hours up, boy. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to do. And yeah. in, But it just took 10 years to do it. Yeah, mate. It's funny you say about the whole, um, you know, playing like a, a track that isn't a band track. Right. <laughs> like, I the one, the one thing that I didn't like about my UK drum show performance was 
I played a, like two or th- two tracks from LTA that I shouldn't have. Like I've I've played them enough. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And that was me making a, an excuse for just not fallback plan safety yeah, net. It was like there was one comment on YouTube that like. You know, sometimes a comment can it can like annoy you, but then it annoys you because you're, they're right. Yes, you know what I mean. And you're like, you know what? I, I was actually going to like either bl- delete the comment or just give you a smile or make an excuse <laughs> or make an excuse exactly. But actually, your comment has just really like kicked me up the ass in a positive way. So I almost want to reply and say thank you. It was like, uh, I just want he like it's amazing, but I just want him to see he can do so much more than just play this, the tracks he played in his band. I, yeah, I, and I was like, "Fuck!" You're like you are, you are right, man. Like I should have learned or written some new tracks for this performance, but now I know. Now I, you know, now I know what I need to practice and get better at. And I've got no excuses now. Like that was the nail in the coffin. Like yeah. other people are seeing this now, and there's now no excuses. So, like I said, man, like to anyone listening who's just thinks that they're, <laughs> they're the only ones who make excuses. You are not. <laughs> we we all do it on on every single level. So um, yeah. So and I think it's, it's it's our first initial reaction, and that's what mm-hmm. you and I are trying to grow at behind the scenes. Is we're human. As soon as somebody says, you know, I thought you're, I don't know, I thought you'd be in better shape. It's like, well, it is summertime, and I'm going out to a lot of lunches with the campers, and then it's like, no, no, you're right. I'm not working out as much as I normally do because yeah. I'm lazy. Yeah. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's me right that's now. That's it. You're right. I thought I'd be in better shape too when I hit 45. But you know what? I'm a fat lump of crap. I don't know what to tell you, pal. <laughs> I, I, no I wish you could have seen the, what I had in my head. I thought I'd look like Brad Pitt by now. <laughs> but I have it wrapped in tinfoil, aluminum. Uh, I have fucking three slices of birthday cake in my back. Yes, yes. I, like, I, I genuinely, I was like, "What, what am I <laughs> Why doing?" Am I taking like, this to the studio. Why? I could take a grilled chicken breast, but I shan't. I'm taking three slices of birthday cake, and then I turn on the camera and I'm like, "Ooh, lighting is a bit. I need a bit of Rembrandt, mate. I need a bit of Rembrandt." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's like, no. Where's my 14 mil lens? I'm going to slim I, this situation right exactly. out. I need the fish eye, mate. But what I need <laughs> to do is stop eating three slices of cake in one single day. I mean, there we go. So yeah, there we will make excuses. All right. Well, we have one quick listener question. This is from Tom Woodlock. So let's give this a chance. Wow. God, I'm going to edit that out. (laughs) (laughs) Give this a chance. Goodness gracious. We're going to give him 10 seconds. If he talks shit, we're we're blocking him. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Listener question from Tom Woodlock. Here we go. Okay. Fucking (laughs) amazing. Great. Tom, you blew it, mate. You blew, you blew it. <laughs> I'm trying it one more time. Here we go. All right, boys. Tom Woodlock here, resident Irish guy. Got two questions for you this week. So the first one is Mike, Michael, Michael. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, you were mentioning, I think it was in a tech episode, about an app that was you'd give it like a goal tempo and then you could see in real time how far you're after drifting in terms of bpm or something like that what was the name of that app because it sounds really cool and it could definitely use it so the second question then is for the two of you i've been listening to the conor brian podcast lately hilarious obviously but uh he was talking about when he was finishing up his late night tv show and just looking back in the body of work he had and just talking about things that he was proud of and stuff like that. And it just got me thinking, what is probably out of your body of work at the moment? What is the thing that you're most proud of? You know, what's the thing that you can always look back at and kind of go, well, I can't believe I pulled that off or that was a real turning point for me or something like that. Can be a song, can be like a lesson plan, could be like a, a performance or like an appearance at something. Just love to hear what you have. Um, as always, love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. See you soon, hopefully. All right. All the best. Love you. Bye. Out of boy, Tom. Um, so just real quick to answer the question about the, the app, it's called Live BPM. Live BPM. So what it actually does is it just starts to measure the distance between your notes. So if you just start to play a groove, it doesn't even matter how busy the groove is. I don't know how it does it, but it does know the BPM of the groove you're playing. Wow. And then it puts it up on the screen. And then from that moment on, 
this giant number that says 116 BPM will go to 116.5, 117, 118. You bring it back down to 116. And then at the end of the session or the song, if it's with your band, then at the bottom, there's a graph that shows you kind of where you went over the course of the four minutes. That's sick. It's really cool. So now I'm using it when I have when I leave the campers to jam, I get them started. We're at 110 BPM. And I put that on my iPad, like on a music stand that everyone can see. And then I leave the room. And when I come back, they're still at 110 BPM because they visually can see, oops, we're dragging. Pick it back up. Cool. So it's a great app. It's I think it's free. If not, I mean, it's an old school. It's one of the original apps from the App Store, and they have not updated that graphic <laughs> interface. Um, so I think it's like it's either free or 99 cents, but it works on the iPhone um, and on the iPad. I just don't know if there's an Android version of it. Okay, cool. All right. Bang so it. what's the, what's one thing that you're very proud of? Oh, mate, it's such a hard question, man. It's such it's a great question, but a hard one because there's things that stand out like being on the cover of Rhythm. For example, yeah. um, but mate, I think I'm going to give a very cliche, boring answer, which is just kind of all of it. Like mm. just the fact that I still get to play drums. I still get to like teach the drums, play, play cool music and just be a, surrounded by drummers. It, it's kind of like a win. That's the biggest thing, mate. Like yeah. to play the drums for a living of any kind is... Yeah amazing that's what you know like we were joking around before when my mum said well you've got a pension i'm like mum i paid the mortgage for hitting a yeah, couple of symbols this month that's that should be praised that should be bloody rewarded <laughs> Do you know what i mean it's like so i think for me man it's there's all these little things that stick out like i, I like you things i can show my grandkids Moments. maybe or yeah yeah but mate to be honest the whole thing like whenever i get in my head about anything i literally just take a big deep breath and i'm like Mate, I've, I've 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 played drums and on the same stage and same show as my idol, like Travis Barker. This is cool enough. That's enough for me to just yeah. shut up and not be negative. Do you know what I mean? So all of it for me, man. That's a great, great answer. Well, since you went big picture, I'll go uh, something that I know you would say because um, you and I, you've talked about it a lot behind the scenes, um, <clears throat> and I feel the same. And I would say. As far as right now, what I'm the most proud of, it would be this podcast. Um, yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. this podcast has done something that Eddie and I did not plan for it to do. We didn't set out to make some mental health um, positivity podcast, but it it just, your guys' reactions to the things we did shaped this podcast. It was like, oh, wow, people are reposting the screenshots of that episode a lot more than they did the one about our sticking patterns. So this must have meant a lot to a lot of people. Let's keep doing these types of things and imposter syndrome and things like today, the no excuses mindset, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, and I don't know what our friendship would be without this podcast. So that part of it, I'm really proud of. I'm also really proud. There's still new things to speak about after, you know, I did 250 episodes of the modern drummer (laughs) podcast. Yeah, that's you, 250 you pop, hours talking drums, bro. Out. You yeah, are. I'm good. <laughs> that's like saying <laughs> I I'm good. I I can I can look back at that and be like, you know, I've shared a stage with Travis Barker, uh, and I've done 250 hours of a drumming podcast. So <laughs> this was kind of like, are we being greedy? Do we think too much of ourselves that someone would want to listen to us? We don't know. There was a lot of imposter syndrome just starting this podcast. And so for it to be where it is and for it to affect people the way it does. And I mean, really, you and I always thought that, but we live in a bit of a vacuum. You're in a shipping container. I'm in Old Town Folsom, basically the world's shipping container. (laughs) I'm in the tiniest thing ever. We don't know. And then we went and did that podcast tour. And it was like, oh my, the the way that people spoke to us after those shows was life-changing. Yeah, it really was, man. And like we said, we speak about it a lot. Like there's a difference in moaning at something and just like complaining about something and but never actually getting something that's going to help you get through this problem or this issue or this gig or this live masterclass on mikeslessons.com and that's what i love about this podcast man like it's we're not necessarily moaning we're 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 all talking in a really weird way we're all going you know we're professional drummers yet we're just describing things that everyone listening to this podcast will go through on a 
daily basis. And I think that's just the most amazing thing, man. I think it's really cool because I didn't get that growing up. Um, and I don't think anyone really did until, you know, you listen to this podcast and you realize we all go through the same thing. We all make excuses. We all get scared. We all get nervous. And I think that's just the most important thing. And that's what's, that's, what's going to help us get better at the drums and do more things and not make excuses. So I I love it, man. Yeah. I love this podcast. Maybe to, to wrap this whole thing up, maybe what you just said and kind of something we talked about earlier is, is what everyone needs to take away from this episode, which is when you make excuses, which you will, which Eddie does, I do, let it trigger you into action. So it's not about not making excuses. It's when you make excuses, trigger action and fix that stuff. Fix it. <laughs> like do whatever you have to do to not make that excuse again. Mm-hmm. So before we super, super wrap it up, I want to thank everybody. But Eddie did mention my website twice. So he gets to, <laughs> I want to tell all of you to head on over to patreon.com forward slash Eddie Thrower. Not drum with Mike and Eddie patreon.com forward slash Eddie Thrower if you want to get some lessons from the man himself. I said it twice. We're even. Okay. Also, go over to patreon.com forward slash drum with Mike and Eddie. <laughs> it's the first time you've ever said that. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting used to it now. I mean, I'm being a little cheeky in, in the DMs now. I'm being yeah. Like, oh, thank you so much for listening and supporting. Are you a patron? Are you a patron? Oh, it, it means the world to you? Does it mean yeah. $5 to you? Exactly. Let's put your money where your mouth is, boy. But um, but it's it's cool though, man, because it's um yeah you just most of the time they're like yeah I am and it's and it's really really cool so yeah we're very it, lucky to have the supporters we have that's why this episode and this podcast and every episode you've listened to all the way up through episode ninety three has been ad free ninety three we're coming up on a hundred buddy what a way uh, we need to uh, I don't know what we need to do for episode hundred but maybe we should have like a stupidly big podcast with like four guests i know that's a bit of a logistical nightmare carter mclean um someone else (laughs) there you go there's our list carter and someone else do you know what i mean (laughs) we could have like the like the drum with mike and eddie podcast where we just have like a, a few guests it might get a bit hectic uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it we'll out. We'll do something special. Knowing you and I, we won't know. We, we, you and I could just look at the calendar. <laughs> Hell, you might even be here for episode 100. <laughs> we don't know. We're like, well, we'll just see when we get there. I'm, I'll figure it out at episode 97 because I can count up like three weeks. But right now, <laughs> seven weeks from now, what yeah. is that? I don't know. December? I don't know what that is. God knows. God knows. I, I don't. One thing I know you're dyslexic. I th- I don't know if you know this about me, but you probably do. <laughs> but I don't know my months, and I never it, have. Mate, same. I, I can get, start from January and get to the end. But if somebody says, "Well, it's next month," I'm like, I don't know what that means. Or they say, "Uh, it's I think it's after probably after July," and I'm like, "Well, I don't know what that is in reference to where we are right now." I'm um, the same. Yeah, yeah. Someone, I've got like, sorry, go ahead. Or when someone says, like, "Oh, can you write?" You know, when you're signing something and they're like, oh, can you date and sign it? Oh, that's so I'm like, sorry, what's the date? I, and, and you know, when they say, oh, it's, it's, it's like August and you go, what number is that? What number is that? I'm, yeah. I don't know why I could tell you like where the Kuiper belt sits in the planets. I can tell you where the asteroid belt starts after the Rocky planets before the gas giants, but I cannot tell you the months and <laughs> <laughs> it's. No excuses. I don't want to know it. I like not knowing it. <laughs> yeah, this is. I'm we're not, not making excuses here. I'm not struggling to memorize twelve months. I like not knowing it, but it it is a little tough because I've got a clinic coming up in like two weeks. So um, I'll be in. Let's see. I guess it's two and a half, three weeks. It's August thirteenth uh, in uh, Huntsville, Alabama. I'll right. be there. I did it last year. It's called the Back to Basics Drum Workshop, um, and it's going to be at the Thurber Arts Center at the Randolph School. So Huntsville, Alabama, August 13th. So I'm doing a clinic during the day and then a concert at night with a bunch of drummers and an amazing band. But anyways, uh, I was talking to Amber about it, and she's like, do you know what you're going to play for the Alabama clinic? And I was like, no, because it's not till August. And she's like, honey, I know you don't know your months, but do you know what month it is right now? And I said, I think it's one of the J's. It's either June or July. And she's like, yeah, it's July. And I'm like, yeah, like I said, it's not till August. She's like, well, that's the next one. And I was like, you've got to be. Sh-. 
kidding and me. And it's the end of July. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I do know the numbers. I know that th- that it's in the earlier part of August and we're in the later part of July. Are you telling me those two months are back to back? Why would they do that? It's a J to an A. That makes no sense. There's the Aries, January, February. I know the Aries. I know that's the beginning of the year. I know yeah. we have the double J's, June and July. That's the middle mm-hmm. of the year. And then we'd have the Burrs, October, November, December, September. Don't know the order of those, but... I know we're not in the burrs. I thought we were in the double J's. I didn't know there was an A in there somewhere. So, Mate, I, you know, one of my biggest fears of coming to your to do the camp with you. I remember What's seeing um, you and Annika doing the alphabet backwards. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was almost gonna bail and make an excuse because <laughs> I thought you were gonna get me to do that, and I thought no, no. I'm gonna have to drop the bomb bombshell on him that I can't even do the alphabet bit. <laughs> <laughs> let, 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 let alone play the drum part. <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm going to make the excuse of all excuses and tell him that I've just, I've lost a leg. I lost the arm. I I can't do it, mate. I would say it's all good. It's on a practice pad. Get your butt over here. All right, everybody. Have an amazing, amazing week. Get in a bunch of practice. Let those excuses trigger action so that you can move yourself forward. And remember, the best way to not have any excuses at all is to have experience. The more experience you have, the more that whatever you're doing will feel just fine and everything will be grand. But until then, for now, episode 93 is in the can. Bye-bye. God. Who are we going to get on the uh, 100 episode, mate? We need to get someone. We need Ryan Cox. Oh.